We are talking about PP&J, as Josh mentioned earlier. We're talking about patience, peace, and joy. And how do we even have patience, peace, and joy when everything else seems to fall apart? Uh, the world seems a little bit crazy. It's easy to be overwhelmed and consumed with all that's going on. Uh, it's easy to click on the radio in this morning if you listen to the radio still or open up your app and, and read, flip through the news. It's easy to become consumed with the thought that things are such a disaster, such a mess, uh, and, and we just don't know what to do. But I'm telling this morning, today we're going to look at some scripture today, and we're going to look at the fact that in the midst of all that's going on, we can have peace, we can have patience, and we can have joy. And uh, that's actually a choice that we get to make that is fueled by God's goodness. That's right. It's a choice that we get to make that is fueled by God's goodness. And we want to dig in that, dig into that together today. So let's quickly open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together. We thank you that we can dig into your word. We thank you that your word is so important to us. The Bible is so crucial to us as we go there for encouragement, as we go there for teaching, as we go there to um, be, uh, understand what's going on in the world today, as we go to your word to receive, even receive discipline, to get ourselves back on track again, making sure we're doing the right things. We thank you that we can trust in your word and go to it. And, and so, Lord, we just ask that your word speaks to us this morning as we dig into it together. We trust you and we love you. And in your name we pray, amen. So, peace, patience, joy, patience, peace, and joy, patience, joy, and peace. Whatever way you want to phrase it, however order you want to look at it in, here's the reality is we could all use a little more of three, patience, peace, and joy. And uh, the reason why is it's so easy to get wound up and, and allow your mind to get out of control and feel so crazy and almost at the end of yourselves that you don't really even know how to reel things back in. It's like when the train's left the station, look out, it's not going to stop. Um, but I'm telling you today that it is possible, it is actually possible to lay a hold of patience, peace, and joy regardless of what is going on in your circumstances, in your situation. And, and it might seem impossible possible at this moment. It might seem crazy, but I want to tell you that even right now, as I'm talking to you, as you're on your phones or you're watching on your screens at home or wherever you may be, uh, crack open a window, take a look through your blinds, uh, come out of your cellar for a moment and have a little look out your window and look at how beautiful everything is around you. And this is for you, wherever you live, whether you're joining us from Pakistan or India or Italy or Canada or the rest of Canada, or wherever it is you're joining us from this morning, there is opportunity for you to look outside and be enamored by the beauty that is out there. And God gives us these little tidbits, these little sneaky kind of reminders of the fact that he is great and he enjoys giving us things that put a smile on our face that are good for our soul. So let's dig in together. We're going to read from Romans chapter 12 verses 9 through 20. This morning I'm reading out of the Lexham English Bible, but any Bible that you've got in front of you, uh, whether you're using an app or whether you are using uh, a good old-fashioned traditional Bible that you can flip open and write notes in, grab your Bibles, get a hold of them, and turn with me to Romans chapter 12 verses 9 through 20. We're going to read through it together and then we're going to unpack what we find in the Bible. Okay, so Romans chapter 12, 9 through 20. Love must be without hypocrisy. Hate what is evil 
and be attached to what is good, being devoted to one another in brotherly love, esteeming one another more highly in honor, not lagging in diligence, uh, being enthusiastic in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, enduring through affliction, being devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints and pursuing hospitality. There's a lot right there. There's a lot right there. What we're seeing unpacked right here is the fact that, hey, look, here's the deal. No matter what's going on, you can do some stuff. You can be enthusiastic in spirit. You can serve the Lord. You can be diligent. You can actually lift somebody up. That's right. You can speak words of kindness and words of honor to people. Uh, even folks that you don't even know, you can be an encouragement to them. Uh, you can carry on through the midst of challenge. You can rejoice in hope. You can be devoted in your prayer. And I love this, contributing to the needs of the saints. Look Look around you. Who's in need? How can you help? There is joy that comes from that. Let's carry on. Verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless them and do not curse them. That's a double warning. So it means that if someone's in giving you a hard time, bless them. And it says it again. Bless them, don't curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Think the same thing toward one another. I don't do this arrogantly, or don't do this arrogantly, but rather associate with the lowly. Don't be wise in your own sight and pay back nobody evil for evil. Rather take thought for what is good in the sight of all people. If it is possible on your behalf, live at peace with all people. Don't take revenge yourselves, dear friends, but give a place for God to do that. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap coals of fire upon his head. Wow, it's very interesting stuff. There are some great words here, but words are only words unless we choose to apply them. And what I find so fascinating about God's word, and the other nickname for God's word, the Bible, is called the living word. And why I find it so amazing is that it's, when you dig into it and you read it, it seems to be full of life. It seems to be breathing. It seems to be applicable to the circumstance that you find yourselves in. It's not just for 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years ago. It is for you today in this moment, right now. So let's, let's read through this together. Let's look at this together. First and foremost, we're gonna look at being patient. I don't know about you, but I, I sometimes have a hard time being patient. I'm better now as I'm getting older. My wife can attest to this. I definitely think more about the long game uh, of life than I do about what is the immediate thing right now that I can do. Being patient, though, is not something that naturally comes to me. Uh, if you know a bit of my story, you know I've got ADD. Uh, I usually run 1,000 miles an hour all the time, very full, uh, and I normally like that. But I like to do and accomplish and make it happen, and if we're pulling the trigger on something, let's do it today. And that's historically, typically, how I have been. But as I've gotten a bit older, and as I've grown in the Lord by His grace and mercy, and as I've expanded my prayer life to include more than just Sunday lunches, uh, it's been really cool to watch how the Lord has just brought this calming presence into my heart, and He's allowed me to see things a bit differently, to not be so anxious to try to get things done on my terms and in my time frame, but rather allow Him to do that. And really, it's a trust exercise. Patience 
is a trust exercise. If you've got kids, you've probably experienced this before. You know, you tell your kids, hey, uh, you know what, maybe today we'll go to uh, Dairy Queen. And, you know, then they come unglued. They're like, well, when are we going to go to Dairy Queen? Can we go to Dairy Queen yet? What time? Is it time to go to Dairy Queen? I'm going to get a blizzard. I'm going to get a dilly bar. I'm going to get a buster bar. Well, can we go to Dairy Queen now? And it, literally, they ask you all that in the span of just two minutes. Uh, and then you're like, well, okay, you know what? We've got to clean our rooms. We've got to do some stuff. We've got to get some stuff done around the house. And uh, we'll, we'll go later. Well, when's later? What does it look like? Are we ever going to go? And then five minutes after you initially have that conversation, they're crying on the floor saying, we're never going to go to Dairy Queen. I don't believe you. I don't trust you anymore. And the reality is, as a parent, you're like, of course we're going to go to Dairy Queen. I love you. I want to give you good things because Dairy Queen has good treats. Uh, but you need to be patient. And unless you can learn some patience and to trust me, uh, maybe we won't be going to Dairy Queen. And the reality is, is that we have that type of relationship with God. We have to remember very clearly that in the grand scheme of eternity, regardless of how old you are on this terrestrial sphere, in the, in the grand scheme of eternity, you're just a child. You're a baby. I'm a baby. Whether you're 90 or 9, you're just a child in God's eyes on this side of eternity. And so there is a recognition that we have to be patient to watch his plan unfold, to watch his purpose unfold. And we can try and try and try and try and do to make these things happen faster. But the reality is, unless it is in God's timing, it is fruitless for us to try to make that happen. You see, if I told my kids we're going to Dairy Queen, uh, but I'm planning on going at 5 p.m. And, and not in five minutes, um, it would be silly for them to decide to go and take my keys, hop in the car, and try to drive themselves to Dairy Queen. First of all, they'd crash. Uh, although Paige is getting a bit better at driving, she'd probably be able to make it through. But then she'd probably get pulled over and then get arrested. And if that didn't happen and they managed to make it all the way to Dairy Queen, they don't have debit cards. What are they going to do? They can't go and buy themselves treats. It would be a fruitless endeavor fraught with challenges and struggles and stress that just doesn't need to be there when they can just wait on dad to come alongside and say, now is our time. So I like this. It says, be patient in tribulation, Romans 12, 12. But give thought to do what is honorable, Romans 12, 17. Be patient in tribulation. Give thought to do what is honorable. Don't take, I like this too, don't take revenge for yourselves, dear friends, but give place or give time for God to deal with those things. So some questions I want to ask you today, and you can write these in your journal or in your notes. And these are questions for you to answer yourself. You don't have to answer them in the comment section, unless you want to, unless it's like, you know, a vulnerable day for you and you just want to get it all out, it's time. But here's some questions for you. Number one is, do you think before you speak or before you act? Do you think before you speak or before you act? I, I used to have a hard time with that. It would just, boom, it would come out. I've learned that I have to slow my tongue down a little bit or calm my actions down a little bit because I was often too quick to act. Not only was I too quick to act, I would act, I would do something, I would get after it, and then I would realize, oh man, that was a failure, and not realizing that God actually had something better in store than anything I could produce on my own. And he's been gracious with me to teach me that over the years, but I'll tell you, those early lessons, and sometimes I still get them, they are challenging. So do you think before you speak or act? Question number two. Are others hesitant of telling you things because of fear in your reaction? Uh, my, my oldest daughter, God bless her, she doesn't do a good job at hiding what she's feeling on her face. So, you know, we would say, hey, we're going to go camping for the weekend. And she'd be like, 
okay, that sounds great. Because uh, she's just not a big fan of camping. Uh, you know, once we're there and everything's settled in, you know, she enjoys it, but it's not her favorite thing. Her favorite thing would be like, uh, you know, let's go to New York or something like that. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but the reality is, is, is uh, you can see, you can see it because she wears it on her face. Sometimes we do that, right? As people, we do that. We, we wear our reactions and our emotions on our sleeve, or we're very, very quick to react. Or, you know, we, we want to share something with somebody. We want to tell them what's going on in our lives or explain a situation that we're involved in. But we also know that it, it's going to be a challenge. The moment those words come out of my mouth, I'm going to have to deal with their reaction. So maybe it's better if I just don't talk to them. Parents, maybe you've created an environment like that in your home where your kids are a little bit nervous to talk to you about things because you explode or fly off the handle or maybe you shut down and lord love over them based upon how you feel about the situation they're in. So are you hesitant of, tell, uh, are you hesitant of telling people things uh, because of fear and reaction? Number three, the third question is, why do certain people anger you so much? Why do certain people anger you so much? I mean, we all have that one person, right? That just kind of puts us over the top. God bless them. We've got them in our lives. And the Bible actually tells us right here in this passage, uh, bless those who curse you. Don't curse them. We all have those people that make us angry. But how do we turn that around? Well, I think the part that we can do, the part that we can play is to just stop and remember who God is. The part that we can play is actually start reading our Bible a bit. Start digging into the Word. There is instruction in there. You know, the, the old acronym for the Bible is this, basic instruction before leaving earth. These are your basic instructions before you leave this earth. The Bible, B-I-B-L-E. There is material in here, content in here that is given by God for us. And we can take those things and apply them to our circumstances. And we will actually be better off for it. And you can do that today. So being patient is crucial. Being patient gives you opportunity to see what God does rather than how you would have it done. You've heard me pray before and you've heard me talk about this before. And usually when I open in prayer or take some time to thank the Lord, I usually say this, God, I thank you that you are great and we are not. The reality is that he is bigger than us. He is greater than anything we can bring to the table. It says in the word of God that the earth is his footstool. It means he's pretty big. I got a footstool at home. My footstool compared to me is pretty tiny. God is big. His ways are better. Do you trust him? Because really this comes down to a trust issue. Do you trust God to wait and see what he's going to do rather than you trying to react and control a circumstance? So, patience. Be patient. Number two. Now we're going to talk about joy. Romans 12, 12 says this, rejoice in hope. And I like this, Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Have a party with those who are having a party. Have fun with those that are having fun. Come alongside of them and enjoy the time that you have together. We don't, uh, we don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. And in fact, some of us don't even have a promise. No, none of us have a promise for tomorrow. We don't have a promise that tomorrow is going to be there for us. So take time, take a moment to find joy right now, today. 
As I was going through some of this stuff with, one, with our local hockey team this week, uh, it was really, really cool. We're, we're standing in our circle outside of the complex. They just came out of practice and we were doing chapel. And we were talking about some of these pieces here, about finding joy in the little things, having opportunity to be full of joy. And, and earlier on in this conversation, I said, you know, just crack open your blinds a little bit. Come out of your cellar. Take a look outside. There is reason to find joy this morning because it's so beautiful outside. Look at the mountains around us. Look up. Don't take it for granted. And so we were talking about this with our hockey team. And we're talking about being able to find joy in the little things. And we live in such a beautiful place that we can go outside literally and look all around and be enamored with the creation that God has given us to enjoy and be thankful for. We get to steward it well. We get to really take advantage of the fact that we live in such a gorgeous area and, and we really have no reason not to have joy when we get to look outside, look outside and look what we have around us. And so as I was going through this with the hockey team, I'm saying, boys, there is opportunity to find joy in even the small areas. There's opportunity to find joy in the midst of all that's going on. In fact, you can just stop, take a stop and pause your life and you can look up. And as I was saying this, we looked up and guess what? There was a bald eagle, beautiful, huge bald eagle that was coming along the scene and it did a little bit of one of these loops and then it carried on and all of us got a chance to stop and look up and be amazed at the glory of God's creation. It's like God just put that eagle for us right there in that moment and we got to give thanks because God gives us joy in the little things. So I like this, rejoice in hope. Do you have hope? Of course you have hope. You might not feel like it. In fact, you might feel like you have a deficit of hope. A lot of our world right now wants us to think that we really have nothing when we truly have so much. We have so much. And if you don't think you have so much, you need to look yourself in the mirror and say, stop lying to yourself, self. I do have so much. The truth is we do have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to be hopeful for. In fact, I'm hopeful for sunnier days ahead. I'm hopeful for the seasons to change when we start getting to springtime. I'm hopeful for the summer that's ahead and it is going to be a beautiful summer. Even if we have forest fires, we still get to go and enjoy what's around us. There's opportunity, occasion, to rejoice in hope. So find those things that you're hopeful for and hold on to them and give thanks for them. Find joy in them. And rejoice with those who rejoice. So here's the deal. If you're always hanging around the Debbie Downer, you yourself are going to feel like a Debbie Downer. You are going to have a hard go if you are constantly surrounded by chaos and struggle and challenge and hard times. And maybe, you know, you yourself haven't really experienced a ton of these things, but the people that you're surrounded with are always living in those moments. Go and find somebody else to hang out with for a bit. Not that you want to walk away from people who are in challenge, but the reality is, is if you are steeping in that continuously, you're going to take on that flavor. Find somebody who's joyful. Go for a walk outside, six feet apart, obviously. Get a socially distanced coffee and find things to find joy about. Make it your mission to go and find something that gives you joy. So find those people around you that do have hope. Rejoice with them. So here's the deal. We got a couple of questions that go along with this. Number one is, are you jealous of other people? Why or why not? 
You see, the, being in a constant state of comparing yourself to others or comparing your circumstances or your things to other people's things, everybody is always going to have something more than you. There's something special about realizing your lot in life and living within the bounds of that and really just accepting it and enjoying it. Finding peace in the midst of that. Finding joy in the midst of that. Finding hope in the midst of that. There's something special about just realizing this is my lot and I'm going to love it. There's something beautiful about that. So, are you jealous of other people? Why or why not? You can write that in your journal and that's something you can ask yourself later. And be real with yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Nobody else is going to read your journal. No one's going to ask you the questions later. Be honest with yourself. Maybe you do find yourself that you find that you're jealous of other people. Oh, you know, I like what they're driving. I like the house that they're living in. I wish I could have the clothes that they're wearing. I wish I had a spouse that they had. I wish I could eat the food that they're eating. I wish I could go into these incredible Instagram places that they're always posting about. No, no, hang on. Take a pause for a minute. Are you being jealous? Why or why not? The other question that we want to ask ourselves around the being joyful piece is how can you be more joyful with people? How can you produce joy? I went for a walk this week. I had to drop my truck off at the shop to get some tires put on it. And, uh, and, and so I dropped off uh, kind of midtown and I went for a nice little three kilometer walk downtown into the church, uh, did my work and then uh, the truck was ready. So I went for a nice walk uh, three kilometers back midtown and, and got, went to pick up my truck. And the whole time I was going for my walk, uh, I probably looked ridiculous on the street. But I had my little plastic bag with me with my apple and my orange in there and my iPad and I'm just going for a walk up the street and I just, I was smiling. And there's a few people that were looking at me as they were driving by like, what is, what's wrong with this guy? Is, is he on drugs? Does he perhaps have gas? We have no idea. But he is smiling and why is he smiling? You can have an opportunity today to be someone who produces joy in the lives of others. Just by smiling. People might think you're a little bit weird, a little bit strange, but you have opportunity to smile. Why? Because things are actually pretty good. Okay. Finally today, we want to talk about being peaceful, having peace. This is a tough one. This can be a challenge. I'm sure that many of you would say that there are times this past year or during this season where you have not been very peaceful. There's probably been moments that have arisen where, you know, maybe somebody's called you out on something or they've said something to you and it's just thrown your whole day off. Or perhaps, uh, you know, haven't had enough money in the bank account this month and things are super, super tight and you just really don't exactly know what to do. Uh, and you're feeling the, the pressures of, of life kind of mounting up on you. Or maybe there's been circumstances that uh, you've been a part of during the course of your life and you've never really dealt with those things or walked through them or take an occasion to deal with them and put them to bed and maybe they sort of just haunt you a little bit resting on your shoulders giving you a weight on you that brings you down i'm sure when we talk about peace many of you say well peace eludes me i don't know how to find it i know how to be happy situationally but i don't really know how to be an embodiment of peace i don't know how to display peace i don't know how to be a peaceful person and that's a fair thing to say. The truth is, is we live in a world that is actually having a lot of challenges in the area of peace. There's wild civil tensions in some of our major countries. There are crazy uncontrollable racial tensions that are going on in the world right now. We've got this thing called COVID-19 happening. 
And we're inundated with the news and our feeds are constantly popping up with stuff that is heart attack inducing and joy robbing. And, and we wonder how on earth could we possibly have peace when all this disaster is going on? Well, in that, we can focus on the peace giver. I like this. You have an opportunity to bring peace. You you have an opportunity to bring peace. And I want you to say this right now. I have the opportunity to bring peace. And you can say that. Say that right now in your room, in your living room, in your car as you're driving, whatever time, you're, wherever it is that you're listening to this. Take a moment and say, I have the opportunity to be peaceful. It says in Romans 12, chapter six, or verse 16, it says, live in harmony with one another. And I like this, Romans 12, 18 says, if possible, so much as it depends upon you, live peaceably with everyone around you. <laughs> if possible, so much as it depends upon you, not anybody else. If possible, so much as it depends upon you, live peaceably with those that are around you. Where do you even start with that? Wait a second, God, are you saying that I actually have a part to play in being peaceful in my circumstances? That's exactly what God's saying. It's exactly what's God, what God's saying. We as Christians don't get the luxury of simply and plainly being a wrecking ball in the midst of a rose bush, bringing destruction everywhere we go. We don't have that luxury. And in fact, when we bear the name of Christ, when we say that we follow Jesus and we trust in him, we actually rise to the occasion of dying to ourselves and lifting up the name of Christ. And that means that we have to make a decision. We actually have to make that choice to stop, reflect, and be peaceful in our circumstances because it actually depends upon you. It depends upon me. It is our decision. If possible, live peaceably with people around you. What does that even look like? Well, let's ask some questions here. I've got two questions for you. Are you the type of person who's always stirring the pot with people online, in person, through text messages, in emails? Are you the type of person who is always stirring the pot? If you think, well, no, I'm, I'm never stirring the pot. I, I, never, I never do those sorts of things. But you're living in a constantly chaotic state. Be honest with yourself and ask that question. Am I stirring the pot? Be brave enough to be a truth teller with yourself first. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. You don't have to tell everybody else the truth that you want them to hear. Take a pause for a moment and look at your own life and ask yourself that question. Am I stirring this pot? Be brave enough to tell yourself the truth today. If you've been a pot stirrer or one that's always constantly up in arms or always on that platform having to just toss up the stuff everywhere, I'm just going to toss this grenade into this situation. I'm going to get out of here for a moment. They can figure it out. Are you being that type of person? Is that actually life-giving? And is there love in that? Well, don't be deceived. The choice is yours to actually live peaceably with one another. So, the question first is this. Are you always stirring the pot with people in person, online, through your text messages? Stop that if you are. The second question is this. Is your interaction with people mostly fueled by arguments? Real questions. Tough things to wrestle with. Really difficult to try to reckon with these things because we don't want to have to self-reflect. It's always so easy to put the blame on other people. 
It's everybody else's fault that I'm this way. It's everybody else's fault that I'm reacting like this. It's everybody else's fault that I'm doing this, that I'm doing that. It was something that happened when I was two years old that caused me to do this today. No. You are given by God the opportunity to be accountable for your own actions. You are. You want to have control in your situation. You can control your thoughts, your actions, and your emotions. And in that, you can actually make a decision today to put stuff aside for the purpose of being peaceful and a peace bringer in your situations. And what I find so cool is that as you become someone who actually brings peace, offers peace, walks in joy, acts patiently, what I find really cool about this is eventually people ask the question, well, what's, what's, what's up with that? How, how are you able to smile in the midst of this? How are you able to have joy in the midst of this? And, and you get to give answer to that. You can say, well, it's not easy. But every single day I choose to put my desires aside and say, God, what would you have me do with my day today? So I've hit you with a lot of stuff about being patient, about being joyful, about being peaceful. And then I like what Dan, Sol Dan Solstrom always gives us this challenge. Dan, you're watching, I'm sure. So thank you for always giving us this challenge. He's like, I love it when you hit it home. You, you hit us with the tough stuff. This is good. I appreciate it. But where is the message of hope after that? Don't just leave us with something heavy. Give us something that we can really walk with. So I like that, Dan. Thank you for the personal challenge uh, as far as how we bring across the message. And so I want to leave you with this. I want to actually leave you with hope today. So how do you be peaceful? How do you be joyful? How do you be patient? How do you do these things? Well, here's a pro tip for you, is that no matter how great and awesome you are, you can't sustain any of those things on your own. And you might be thinking, Pastor James, well, how can that possibly be good news? If I can't sustain this on my own, what am I going to do? I don't have enough money to buy peace. I don't have the resources to somehow possess joy. Can I order it on Amazon? Do they offer prime shipping? Because if they do, I, I don't care. I, I need to get a hold of it. Well, that's not being very patient then, is it? But the reality is, is today, I do want to give you hope that you can have peace, that you can have joy, that you can be patient. And it's not necessarily an easy thing. But what I do promise you is that it will come through. And it's this. Today is your day to live differently. And it can all change right now. And the way that it does is this. Today, you can make a decision to give your life over to Jesus and let him lead you guide you and direct you. You can do that today. If you're tired of not having these things, if you're tired of the lack of joy, if you are tired of the lack of peace, if you are frustrated with the fact that you can't be patient and just let things unfold and you have to get in there and stir the pot, if you are tired of these things in your life, I promise you that today everything can change when you make the decision, your decision, to surrender your circumstances, to lay down your life, to say, not my will, but yours be done to the Lord, and make a choice today to walk a different journey.
today you can have hope that things will be better. Now what that looks like might be a little bit different for, for everyone. But I'll tell you, I, I've been uh, worshiping. You guys can, uh, can go start getting prepped. I've been, I've been quite a few different places in the world. I've been on a bunch of different continents. I've traveled to quite a few different countries and explored and, and been with people and seen how lives look. I've been in the deep jungles of the Philippines and areas that were heavily ruined and occupied by the Japanese during the war, where they're living in tin-clad huts dug into the sides of dirt hills. I've been to major centers like Bangkok and Thailand, walked through the streets and the centers there all the way down to the southern regions where there is poverty and challenge there that was hit by the tsunami and, and there was just incredible death and loss that existed. But what I find amazing is that in the midst of all this, regardless possessive and peace what they find themselves in. It's because the joy of the Lord, the peace of the Lord, and the patience that comes from God is transcendent. It is beyond our circumstance. It's beyond even who we are physically in our makeup. There's something spiritual about it. There's something like other dimensionally about it. And how do we take hold of that? Well, truly we take a hold of that by saying, no, today I'm not going to be overwhelmed with all the chaos that's going on in my life or my family or my circumstances or our situation that the world's in. Today I'm going to choose to focus on the one who transcends these things. Today I'm going to choose to focus my life on the life of Jesus. Today I am going to choose to put aside my presuppositions and my want to control and my thoughts, desires, actions, and emotions and I'm going to say, Jesus, I'm laying it all down before you today. I'm giving it all up to you today. Not my will, but yours be done. Please, Lord, come into my life and minister to me because I can't do this on my own anymore. I can't carry through this on my own anymore. I can't be patient anymore. I long for joy, but it eludes me. I can't do this anymore. I'm tired of my life just being in turmoil. I need your peace, God. So I want to end with giving you the hope. You see, I have hope for you. And I want to give it to you this morning, interest-free, no charge. You don't have to pay it back. I want to give you my hope this morning, hope that I have for you. I have hope for you because God has done wonders in my life and I've seen what he's done with this mess. He's so faithful. And if he can give me hope, if he can help me be patient, if he can instill a joy in my heart and allow me to walk in peace, if he can do that with me, me, I know he can do that with you. 
So I can't give you anything that I haven't received already. So this morning, let's close by me giving you this. I want to give you this this morning. And it's simply a prayer. I want to share with you the prayer that I pray to make it through the hard times. To make it through the mess. To make it through the fear and the chaos. The prayer that I pray to see another day. And it's this. You can close your eyes right now. And just listen. You can write this down in your journals or in your diaries or in your notes. And take this with you. And the prayer for today is this. Jesus, I need you. I can't do this on my own anymore. I don't know any other way to go. Would you please take my mess and restore life in me? Would you please take my hopelessness and grant me your hope. Would you please take my frantic mind and calm it down so I may have your patience? Would you please take my broken heart and my deep sorrow and replace it with your joy? Would you please forgive me for the times where I have brought chaos and mess and through your forgiveness would you please grant me your peace. Amen. Amen.